0: And welcome to another episode of It's Giving Fashion. I'm your hostess at the mostest, and I'm joined by my BFF, Tiger, Lily. And <laughs> to you too. <laughs> Anybody who is fluent in Tiger, they understand what that means. It's an inside <laughs> joke. How you doing, good old Tosh?
1: Hi, Tosh. How's it going? Can't wait to talk about our favorite movie. Oh my
0: gosh, yes. Feeling extra ferocious today because we are going to be talking about the 90s classic Clueless. Ah uh, yes, Y'all, honestly, I feel like this movie really was one of the things that sparked my love for fashion. Truly, mm-hmm. truly, truly, truly.
1: Absolutely.
0: As a kid, I saw this movie in theaters with my older sister and my cousin, Jessica. And, you know, I just... I felt like at the time, to me, nothing was cooler than teenage girls. And Mm. to see these, like, teenage girls in these fierce fashions and the way that they talked about fashion, the way that they loved fashion, the way that they used fashion to, like, empower themselves, it just, like, immediately became, like, one of my faves and has not changed to this day.
1: Yeah, I could still watch it, and I just watched it, you know? It still holds up.
0: Still holds up so good so many iconic fashion moments from not only Cher but other characters in the film like it is a treat from beginning to end and I mean like I'm just like so excited to talk about it I'm just like should we just take a quick little break stretch our legs and then come back and just dive right on into this
1: yeah let's do it
0: (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'm going to do one sun salutation and we'll be right back.
2: This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe.
0: So first of all, to our audience, uh, Clueless debuted in theaters in 1995. It was directed by Amy Hickerling, and it was based off of Jane Austen's novel, Emma, starring Alicia Silverstone, Stacey Dash, and a slew of other 90s heartthrobs and starlets. Just an absolute classic. So, uh, okay, first of all, I only recently found out that this was based off of a Jane Austen novel. Because, you know, spoiler alert, I wasn't spending my teenage years like sitting up in a bay window with a cat in my lap reading (laughs) Jane Austen novels. like
1: With your Ampere waist
0: dress. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Dreaming about all these romantic rendezvous in the English countryside. (laughs) Like, honestly... (laughs) <laughs> First of all, okay, Emma. I feel like I could name one other Jane Austen novel, which is *Pride and Prejudice*. You know, obviously I think the that's
1: most the one, yes, like
0: famous. Did she write a lot of novels?
1: I think she did. Yeah, she's pretty she prolific. She... Yeah.
0: <laughs> First of all, the film starts with like a full-on fashion montage to like we're the kids of America mm-hmm. and oh my god the whole soundtrack <laughs> this the, the whole first,
1: soundtrack the first
0: line she's like I know you're probably thinking is this a Neutrogena commercial because <laughs> <laughs> honestly it was giving it was serving it was a full-on delivery but okay we are introduced to the Beverly Hills Bel Air 90s teen dream that is Cher Horowitz. So we're introduced to Cher. It's basically like the first day of school. Like she is like the queen teen dream. And she's basically just kind of like introducing herself and what we are seeing is like Cher doesn't get ready for school just like any normal teenage girl at this point she has technology that we still have not seen outside of her bedroom which is basically like an AI generated like wardrobe planner and like she has like a touch screen in her room and she's like basically trying to like put together outfits on this like Little app program. Like they didn't even have apps back in the like I don't, I don't know. Yeah. To me, it is still a dream to have that technology in my life. Her closet is not just like a regular closet, not even a it's walk-in like a dry closet. Cleaner. It is a dry cleaner closet. Like she has <laughs> a conveyor belt of hangers to cycle her clothes through. And her first day in school. What does Cher pick to wear other than the iconic yellow plaid Dolce & Gabbana skirt suit? Mm.
1: Oh, often imitated, never duplicated. Never,
0: never, never.
1: It is so iconic. I mean, she brought that whole schoolgirl style, that preppy style, the knee socks, the matching uh, sweaters cardigan everything she literally was the Polaroid of perfection
0: period and I think too (laughs) like what makes Cher so iconic is really at the time you know grunge fashion was like all the rage like that's literally it was like the sense of androgyny like there was like a lack of like tailoring um it was just kind of like really nonchalant like i don't give a fuck kind of like dressing and then i feel like What makes the way that Mona May designed the costumes for this film like so impeccable is the fact that like at the time, I really don't feel like we had a teenage film that really was taking from like the trends on like the fashion runways and like bringing it into the classroom, you know, like they were like really setting trends with these looks because they really brought this sense of schoolgirl cat like school girl fashion back and like made it hip you know
1: mm-hmm. well and then also thinking about Clueless being like an updated version of Emma yes. like Jane Austen's Emma and having that pure you know the on um, pure waste and having that all be about virginity and like share being this picture of a prim and proper girl a, mm-hmm. a virgin yeah who can't drive
0: who um can't you know drive. and like
1: oh bullets to the heart <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow way harsh time
1: way harsh but you know having that juxtaposition against the grunge culture really made Cher stand out, you know? So it's like the 90s way to do that. How do you make her contrast?
0: And I think a good way to also add in like contrast, yet complimentary, you know, we are introduced to the one and only Dion, Cher's BFF, who on the first day of school, it's like clear that they had like a conversation because Dion shows up and a black and white plaid skirt suit complimenting share and I just like the hat everything like the I, hats
1: the hats
0: <laughs> like Dion was just like I'm a hat girl hats are my thing
1: wow I never knew hats could be so fabulous until Dion like showed me the way
0: honestly because it's like at that time and then was like what girl what girl is going to school wearing, like, vinyl picture hats with, like, roses? Like, she literally was just like, I'm going to go get this full-on church hat moment and pair it with my Catholic schoolgirl outfit, and it's going to be a serve.
1: Taking it back to Mona May, the costume designer, she did other teen movies. Well, not just teen movies, but iconic fashion movies like Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion and Never Been Kissed.
0: Never Been Kissed is so good.
1: Oh, it's so good. The dress code in Never Been Kissed. I was like, they would not. Get away with wearing that in any high school, baby. I
0: know they literally are like, in, like Jessica Alba in that film is like wearing like the onlyest, like miniest crop tops with like g strings like hanging out of like the low rise <laughs> jeans. And I'm like, um, what school do y'all go to? I was like, this is supposed to be the suburbs of Chicago. I was like, I don't know what school right. allows that.
1: That is no North Shore. But then,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and but then also thinking, because but like what you were saying about like we were allowed to like have like hats due to our dress code. That was like. Mostly because like they didn't want people like flagging like gangs with like hat colors. And so then I like immediately started thinking Ooh. about like what gang would Dion be with that hat? It'd be the Nina Blood. Oh, I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna say the old lady gang, but <laughs> good old <laughs> old out <old, old, laughs> Wow. I'm
1: thinking LA <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like there's this really interesting, you know, because you're getting a lot of Cher's perspective in the film because she's constantly narrating. Kind of like when they're walking through like the quad, the courtyard of their school, and Cher's just kind of like dissecting Different subgroups of students at the school based on like what they're wearing, mm-hmm. you know. Like she, there's kind of like a conversation that she's like having about like why she's like a virgin because the boys at her school aren't like really doing she's anything that's herself. like yes, like worth it even. Um, because like what is that line? Something about they just like roll out of bed and like greasy hair and she's like, if we're they- expected to swoon, uh, as f. <laughs> <as laughs> You know, she's like, I'm only into college, boys, which, you know, God, it makes me think about, too, how Brittany Murphy's uh, tie was like, wow, y'all talk like grownups at this school.
1: <laughs> y'all got coke
0: here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> lines like that totally going over my head as a child, being like, oh, I'm looking for a little herbal refreshment. Oh, um, well, uh, we got like tea and like coke in the vending machine. No shit, you got coke here? <laughs> no idea. Literally, I was like twenty five, and I was like, "Oh, I mean,
1: Beverly I Hills." I get it.
0: We have to talk about the party in the valley, because first of all, we see Cher and what, <laughs> what is the iconic red Elia oh, dress?
1: Fave outfit. A,
0: Adorable little bolero jacket with like the feather trim on it, and her
1: ruined my sack shoes. Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and then when she gets held up at gunpoint, uh
0: and she's like, oh
1: my god, no, uh, this is an alia and a what <laughs> a like totally important designer. And I had never heard of alia until that moment. Because we were so young, you know?
0: You know, I did not know who Elia was at that moment. I just knew from Cher Horowitz's word that it was like a, you know, totally important designer. And so in that right. moment too, the reason why that alia dress is like so iconic is because like Mona May really didn't have much of a budget to work on this film. She didn't, no. And so in order to secure designer pieces, like, you know, back in the 90s, they really didn't have like the the PR flow of like people being Mm -hmm. able to borrow from like major designers and things like that. Mm So she really had to beg, borrow, and steal to get that Aliyah dress for Alicia Silverstone to wear. And at the time, it's just like Aliyah was it so incredibly popular in the U.S. So for Mona May to pull that off, they added the line into the movie after, which I think is, like, you know, brilliant. It's, like, a great shout-out for the brand. And also, it just kind of, like, really made this iconic moment. For that Elia dress to get, like, its own call-out in the film, I think it really did a beautiful job of putting Elia on on, like, the radar for, like, the American market and also to, like, young teens. Because, like, when you think about it, too, and when it comes to, like, fashion and advertising, like, one thing that I've, like, really started to, like, understand is that, you know, a lot of advertisers really do skew towards, like, teenagers because, like, they want to get them, like, while they're young. They want to get people while they have, like, their parents' expendable income if they have it. And then also kind of like get a sense of like brand loyalty before they really start coming into the marketplace being like major consumers in the future. So good job for um, Mona May getting that iconic Aliyah dress for Alicia Silverstone to wear and thus giving us such a quotable line.
1: Yes. You know what else I loved about Clueless is them going to the mall. <sighs> and like glamorizing the mall because oh my god. remember at that young age, I mean just kind of what you were talking about at that young age. It's like we're still shopping with our parents. Yeah, you know we don't really like have that money to spend. But then they just glamorize shopping. Oh and my just, god! Right? You know, just like hanging out at the Galleria, and then like Ty getting held up at gunpoint, and it was really like this place Wait, to go. No, no, you know, no, no. Alicia like, got
0: I I mean Cher got held up by like Uh, Ty almost got thrown over. Oh! the the second floor she
1: almost almost died oh oh,
0: wait no because I see what you're saying too because it like later on it turns into that game of like telephone and they're like Ty I heard you got hauled up by a bunch of gang members yeah (laughs) (laughs) high school so dramatic I feel like in the 90s like the mall was it was like where it was yeah like for like For kids, like, post-school, like, the mall is, like, where you went to socialize. And, like, I just don't think that that, I don't know, for our younger listeners, let me know. Like, do y'all go to the mall still? Do y'all be hanging out at the mall, like, after school? Because, like, that is, like, where we were kicking it. Like, you know, you would find places, like, you would go and you would meet. Like, some of you would be like, okay, we're going to meet at the Cinnabon. Like, others are going to be like, oh, we're going to, like, go and meet at, like— Auntie Anne's. Auntie Anne's. Oh, my gosh, child. (laughs) I still.
1: (laughs) Mm, I want one right now. (laughs) No,
0: I recently, because this was when I was on um, the Christmas tour. We, I needed to go to like Sephora, and I googled it. We were like, where were we? We were in somewhere in LA. I mean, in California. I can't remember what exact city it was, but. I like Googled this Sephora and I was like, oh my God, like this Sephora is at um, a mall. And so then like myself, um, Nina West and Jasmine Kennedy, we all were like, cause we we're like, we need to get makeup. We went to this mall and it was like Woodfield Mall, like Mall of America type mall, like any type of store that you could think of mall. And we spent like wow. the entire, like we got there at like 1030 in the morning, like right after the mall hit open. We're like, oh, there'll be nobody here. Not realizing that it's like a destination mall. Mm-hmm. And anyway, like, We spent, like, the whole, like, morning and afternoon, like, at the mall, and I forgot how much fun it is to go to the mall. Like, I literally had this moment I was like, I miss going to the mall. It's just so much fun. Oh, my God. I was such
1: a mall rat. Such a mall rat.
0: Such a mall rat. I'm like, oh, the kids these days, like, like, y'all need to go hang out at the mall. Yeah you know it's
1: like where it all goes down meet me in the galleria
0: meet me in the galleria (laughs) well speaking of gallerias speaking of balls let's continue talking about the iconic film that is clueless because okay i'm talking about malls that have like obviously massive buku amount of stores you know you have ones that have like your Low end all the way up to your high end, so I'm only assuming Mm -hmm. that while shopping at the mall, Cher had to go and get her little white slip dress that she wore for her date with Christian, who we'd only later find out is like "Mm -hmm," one of the girls. And also, like, how long did it take you to figure out that like Christian, the character Christian, has always like the whole entire time been gay?
1: I mean, it took me until my adulthood. I didn't realize that. And the way she, because I just thought he was like a hot guy. Hell yeah! Oh my god, (laughs) knew how to dress. And James Dean, you know, just giving it to us like a total bad boy. Yeah. And when he wanted to stay after at the party you know, and, like, hang out. Child, you
0: should have known that. That should have been her first sign that he was gay when he was like, I want to stay for an after party, girl. I,
1: bitch, I know, right?
0: <laughs> I said in high school looking for afters,
1: gay. Oh, my God. When sh- when he asked her, do you like Billie Holiday? And she's like,
0: I, I love, love him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Oh my God.
1: God. (laughs) Okay, wait. Wait, wait, wait. I was just thinking
0: of it when they're in the debate class. And she's doing her debate where she's, like, talking. She's supposed to be talking about, like, Haiti or something. And she, like, refers (laughs) to them as Haitians. And, like, (laughs) learning that that was not intentional, that Alicia Silverstone just, like, mispronounced Haitians as Haitians. And they were like, we're going to leave that because that is actually (laughs) kind of perfect. (laughs) Wait, and then now that just like, because now I'm like seeing her in Mr. Hall's classroom, it's like totally bringing me back to like Amber's sailor outfit look. Ugh.
1: Um,
0: honestly, Amber, Amber was a drag queen. Okay? Yes, she was. Yes, like, she was. Like, like Mama, the, like those little, like the little, what do you like? Those little Peggy Suez like pigtails with the wire in them. That like has little Pollyanna or whatever. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) And then her little sailor outfit with like her little flip hair and her little, you know, hat. And then, okay, like the camo look when they're like at like lunch. And then she's like in this all camo look with these like high ponytails with these like clipped in extensions that are like crispy, barrel crimped. First of all, I know. Amber had to be going out to Compton to get some of these hairstyles done because I know nobody was doing the hair architecture that Amber was wearing (laughs) in Beverly Hills, okay? (laughs) You know Amber was about that life. Like, that, like, honorable mention for her, like, she... uh, because she took the risk. She really took the real risk. Like,
1: she... She really did.
0: She she did, and I'm just like, uh She was
1: ahead of her time.
0: She really was. Like, I mean, in, in so many ways, like, I feel like uh, the character of Dion influenced a lot of my aesthetic as, like, Shea Coulee, you know, equal parts Bougie and oh, Banshee. Oh, absolutely. I can very much so see Amber's influence on like Gigi Good. Whether Gigi Good took influence from Amber or not, like I be seeing it there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Cause also
0: Gigi Good, she could do some black ass hairstyles if I've ever seen a white redhead girl turn she, some things out. Like,
1: absolutely.
0: <laughs> like, absolutely. I don't know what's the last Gigi Good's been hanging around in, but they're the same ones as Amber.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, we're going to go a little bit deeper and, and pick up about the iconic white slip dress, but we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back.
2: This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe,
0: All right, we are talking all things Clueless and as if. My name is Shay Kulé, and I'm here with my good old friend, Tiger Lily. And we are about to discuss, personally, like, one of my favorite looks from the film. It is the white slip dress that Cher wears on her date that is by, who else? Calvin Klein. <laughs> yes. First of all, I love the dress, and I'm like, I wonder, okay, because I'm wondering this too, and I'm like, maybe I'll do some like little research because I know the dress is Calvin Klein, but who is that little that little like sheer kind of like sheath jacket moment that she's wearing over it? I totally to love that to cover up. To co- I know. <laughs> I know. Duh, because- I was
1: just gonna get a jacket. <laughs> You're like, what?
0: Jack, okay, so for anyone who's not familiar, to set this scene, like, first of all, Cher's dad is a lawyer, and he's, like, in the dining room, which is, like, near their, like, grand foyer, you know, working on some, like, litigation with a bunch of lawyers, you know, like, just totally inundated with papers and files, whatever, like, dad's busy. And so Christian rings the doorbell, Cher is all like, Daddy, uh, I need you to get the door. I can't let him see me. It's like, obviously, she's (laughs) got to make her reveal. And so Dad, like, opens the door, you know, totally gives Christian, like, up and down. Father like stare, like, don't mess with my daughter. And then Cher descends her grand staircase. Oh,
1: Christian (laughs) doll face. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And her gorgeous little, like, white bias cut little slip dress. And Paul Rudd, who plays, what's the stepbrother's name?
1: Josh,
0: Josh, um, (laughs) turns to the dad and is all like, "Um, you're not going to let her go out like that, are you? And he's like, Sham, what are you wearing? And she's like, a dress, daddy. And he's like, since who? (laughs) She's like, Calvin Klein. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, oh god, <laughs> so she was in her Calvin's,
0: she was in her Calvin's. Cher was it, she was just like, honestly, like, what a serve! And I wished that I had the money, the capital to have my parent ask me when I was in high school, Who was I wearing? and me be like, Calvin Klein, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean, honestly, too, I just feel like that silhouette that sits because like what i feel like makes that dress and like that moment so like special and like really perfect is like you know you're really thinking about the fact that like the character of Cher is like really looking for like the opportunity to find someone that she deems willing to lose her virginity to and like Mm. what color you know and i think about our days working at that you know sweatshop costume shop And how our um, old boss would just be like, you know, ingenues always wear white. And... They had a point because I'm thinking about, like, you know, Maria at the first dance in West Side Story when she mm-hmm. meets Tony and she's in her little white dress. And bride. she's bride. Like, right. And she's like, white is for the babies. Um, there's something, <laughs> like, innocent <laughs> about that color. But then you're looking at this, like, really kind of, like, small, itty-bitty little slip dress and the way that, like, the dad's reaction, to you know, it's kind of like that reverse of the way that Anita and Bernardo and West Side Story feel like that white is appropriate for Maria because it keeps her looking like young and pure and it's not a temptation for any boys. Whereas Cher's dad immediately recognizes like what a like revealing and like sensuous like little white dress that is, you know? And I feel like it's, it's that kind of like dichotomy between like the silhouette versus like the color that really kind of creates a sense of intrigue.
1: Yes, and I mean, white just pulls your eye. That's why, you know, on stage, you know, the ingenue wears Uh white because your eye is always going to go to the white. Also, bringing it back to the whole Jane Austen update, you know, bringing that virginal quality to it, being like, she's the prized virgin, you know? Like, she's Uh the only virgin among her friends in L.A.
0: Now that we're, like, talking about, like, all the Jane Austen, like, tees and whatnot, I'm just, like... I could see this in, like, Jane Austen times, but did she really still need to end up with her stepbrother? Like, I...
1: I just, always hated that. I... Like, I, it was so wrong. It still disturbs me. I don't even like watching the end of the I movie. No, Like, I just... I'm like, it, we'll we'll I'm end like, it right here. I'm like, not your
0: stepbrother. Like...
1: He could have ended up with Ty.
0: He could have
1: ended up with Ty. I get it. Ty ended up with the skateboarder, but like,
0: it's cute. She could have ended
1: up with Paul. She could have ended up with Travis, but Paul Rudd is such a cutie. And I always had such a big crush on Paul Rudd. Uh And like the fact that he ended up with his stepsister, I was like, no.
0: And I'm like, ah. yeah. And then, like, she catches the, 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 who's the, what's it? The bouquet at Mr. Hall and Mrs.
1: Geis Miss
0: Geist's Ms. wedding. And then they're all, like, making out and everyone's, and the thing is, too, like, everyone's, like, cool with it they're like everyone's cool with it shared her stepbrother like nobody was just all like girl your stepbrother in in
1: LA you know they'd be talking mad shit right you
0: know right I'm like if this was Utah nobody would have batted a lash but definitely Mary (laughs) Mary
1: Crosby vibes (laughs)
0: <laughs> Very sister wives. I yes. mean, okay, granted, I know it's like the step brother from the dad's like third marriage. where I'm just like, y'all still were family,
1: right? And he was living in her house, like a Eden like a brother out of her friend, and the dad was okay with that. Hello, you know he would have never in real life never been okay with that.
0: Yeah, no, like not
1: daddy horowitz
0: not daddy horowitz Well, okay. What is what is Clueless giving? Is it giving fashion?
1: I would say 1,000% it is giving fashion.
0: I feel like it was the first movie that actually ever gave me fashion.
1: Oh, I, I will agree with that 1,000%.
0: Like, I was a child, did not really, like, know these designer references, but immediately understood their importance, immediately could understand, like, how fashion can, like, really change the way, A, that you feel, but also, B, the way that people perceive you. Hence, like, you know, the whole makeover with tie and everything like that. And it really mm-hmm. is just, like, over time still held up. You know, like it mm-hmm. still is such a strong film that gives so much fashion.
1: It gives so much fashion. I mean, I was begging my parents for a feathered poof pencil. I wanted a velvet shirt so bad, like mm-hmm. a stretch velvet shirt. Everything about it just impacted my life forever. And I mean, of course, we couldn't stop saying as if, whatever. As if,
0: whatever. Oh my God, as if, <laughs> what. <ever. laughs> Ever. God, my poor parents, they were like, yeah, this child is going to be something special. (laughs) (laughs)
1: And they were right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we are going to take a quick break, but then when we come back, we are going to give you our quote of the week. I said what I said. We'll be right back. We are back and we are wrapping up our conversation about the iconic movie that is Clueless. I hope that you enjoyed all of our personal anecdotes, all of our facts about the film, about its design, about Mona May, about Dolce & Gabbana, Alia, Calvin Klein, and speaking of Calvin Klein, we are going to wrap up today's episode with a quote from the one and only creator and namesake of the iconic brand. This one is, I don't think about my fame very much and I don't dwell on success. Maybe that's the one reason I'm successful. Period. Honestly, I think that that is like an important mindset to have as a creator, um, as an artist, as a business, as a brand, I think, a lot of times especially like in this industry we get so caught up and focused on like success and numbers and engagement and likes and follows that we really lose sight of the reason why we enjoy doing something and i feel like that intent is, like, really palpable and transferable. I feel like people can tell when something isn't coming from a genuine place and when you're really out there only just, like, trying to, like, impress and make vertical moves in your career. And I think that Calvin Klein is a brand that's, like, synonymous with easygoing sexy yes. you know it like there's Easy, not breezy, a beautiful. lot to the clothes it was you know when you think about it, it was like Calvin Klein was really actually all about the way that it was sold to us you know yes
1: the attitude the attitude and like
0: I feel like that is what people really look for, you know, the fantasy, the attitude, the personality behind something. And so I think that it's always just, like, great to focus on what are the things that make you feel most fulfilled and most inspired in your work versus trying to focus on the the end goal, which is how it will be successful, you know?
1: Absolutely. I mean, especially in this day and age, it's art versus content. And that yeah. line is so blurred because mm-hmm. in order to get, you know, gigs and ads and all that, you know, it's like you have to be fulfilling some type of quota and it gets skewed, you know, trying to be a successful artist. So yeah. it's like you have to stay true to like what fulfills you and never stray from your vibe because people at the end of the day, they see your energy, whether it be online or, you know, through the speakers or whatever. They yeah. We all have energy, you yeah. know.
0: So keep yours pure. Focus on what brings you joy and don't be so focused on your success. And maybe then you will start to experience more of it like Mr. Calvin Klein.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I hope that you enjoyed our conversation today, my good old Tosh. I
1: did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, well, it has been a lovely day where we have been giving so much fashion. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. It's Giving Fashion is produced by something else, a Sony Music Entertainment company. The executive producers are Sarita Wesley and Jasmine Henley-Brown.
1: Medina Parwana is senior producer, Rob Dozier is producer, and Sonny Balkan is associate producer. This show is engineered by Samantha Gatsick. And (laughs) Gatsick! (laughs) That's cute.